Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all over the globe, the state, the world, wherever you happen to be sitting in front of that campfire with your old ham radio. This is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team, and the other half, he wears green to my red, Mr. Brandon Fam. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hello to the colorblind people out there as well. This <laughs> is another week, the episode of the Roundtable Session, and of course, the podcast favorite third member of the group. Ray Graham is back. What's up, Ray? What up? What up? And he brought a friend. Ray, you get the you get the six man award, by the way. If there's a six man award for podcasting, yeah. that's yours, dude. There's two of us, but we still are six men. I love it. I love it. And of course, he brought a friend this week, uh, a special guest from before, Richard Lico. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So our round table is getting rounder every time we do this. Right now it's a square. One time, <laughs> one day we'll get to six people, but uh, let's get right back into the topics. So, of course, we have to start off the round table discussion with the Kerbal Space Program. I still don't get <laughs> – I'm not getting the name right sometimes. But I don't know, Larry, about uh, how you feel with this stuff. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> we kind of broke the news uh with this yeah. unknowingly so uh do you mind yeah, was, going over the the turn of events here sure so just so everyone knows there's a lot of like one day we're just chilling at home it's like two three in the morning and phones start buzzing six o'clock seven o'clock still buzzing still buzzing and we see that our podcast is getting a significantly high amount of plays for its one day average. And the way that SoundCloud stats work is we can't actually see the source until like a day later. Right. So we were like for the first couple hours, Brandon was like, holy shit, you know, it's, we're getting all these hits. Then finally we get the first article that drops like, Oh, Kerbal space program, all hired by valve, according to the game dev unchained podcast. And that's like, you know, GameSpot or PC gamer, or do you remember some of the other sites? Like yeah. big sites were, Engadget, IGN. So we broke a news that we didn't even know we broke. (laughs) (laughs) And this was two episodes ago. So we had our friend Roger Lundin, episode 86 uh, or something like that. He worked at Valve. And the whole focus was about, you know, just his career. And there was this like five second tangent where uh you kind of mentioned offhand like oh yeah you know the valve is still hiring uh, uh indie or small groups into mm-hmm. into the fold of their company it's like oh really you know the last i've heard was the portal team and that was it and he's like no no there was something they hired like four to six months ago like the the guys who did kerbal space program yeah they hired the full team and now they're working at valve I was like oh that's interesting and then we moved on right yeah, so nonchalant <laughs> so nonchalantly and so that weekend uh it was funny how it happened and i think it is worth listening to to all the at least the indie developers or people who are just interested in marketing overall 
I guess keywords really help uh, when you are trying to sell something because even on SoundCloud, right? It tells us like, oh, okay, you got a bunch of traffic from a tweet. And I was looking, I was like, Larry, I have no idea where this is going. And I kind of had to do some Googling on my own. And I, I essentially just typed in our name on Google News and it popped up with the first article. So I guess what happened is when we're, our thing aired and because I, uh, you know, we put the title Valve, you know, like he worked at Valve, he's an architect and that was the focus. Uh, there was like a Twitter um, handle uh, that just anytime Valve is mentioned in the news, the robot just picks it up. And that had like 20s or 30,000 followers or whatever. When they retweeted like, hey, this is pretty interesting. This guy from Valve, ex-Valve employee talked about the uh, Kerbal Space Program team that disappeared like six months ago. And it's like, this is news. Like, you guys should check it out. And so from that tweet uh, from Valve Time or whatever, it, it, a Reddit form was was made in response. And like the whole, and, and the, that game itself, I had really little knowledge of. I think Ray over here is the only one that actually played the game. <laughs> I never, I've actually never played it. But, never it's, played, it, but you heard of it. But it is, but it is hashtag made with unity yes <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, of course this guy it was made with unity yes and it was a two million player base like two million people bought it back in 2011 right and then i guess four four to six months ago the the core team left and got hired at valve but they never announced anything valve never announced anything and so like that weekend you know it was first uh picked up by pc games or something and then that Monday, uh, PC Gamer picked it up. And then you just start seeing the snowball. Uh, IGN did a story. And then uh, Engadget did a story. And then uh, Gizmodo, made, they, like pretty much everyone we, we I read in we the follow morning and watch. was watching. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's like, we broke That's a same. story. Game Dev Unchained. Be- before Dev anyone. Unchained. It was our first yeah, was leak. Great. Our first leak was made within that five-minute fiasco. It was it was interesting to watch from a, like a complete noob when it comes to marketing, and just to see how much uh, just lazy journalism <laughs> <laughs> there was, because all they did was just picked up from this guy who wrote about it, and then you know try to make it look like they broke the story. But then it was just like eight or at least ten different blogs just picking up from that one guy who did it and then eventually valve came out and and said yes this is true we did hire him and what's interesting to see the full loop is just a couple days ago take two announced that uh kerbal space program the team who made it um they bought they bought the game right they bought the the ip they didn't buy the studio but bought the ip so we we pushed like their marketing <laughs> up by I don't know how much for both Valve and Take Two in response to our five second <laughs> five second <laughs> broadcast that we didn't even acknowledge. We're just gonna say like we knew that all along and it happened exactly mm-hmm. how we wanted to, but we had no idea. It's like what the hell? So that Valve engineer is never gonna be allowed back on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole story to that, but I think we. 
You know, Roger's good. All right. Roger's safe out there. All right. For anyone who's uh, wondering. But uh, it it was just a funny series of events. Yeah, Gabe doesn't strike back. He, uh, I guess, he let that one slide. Yeah, Gabe is, uh, <laughs> woke up, still counting his billions. Like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> Don't need to worry about this. But it, it was yeah. just a. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that it didn't like hurt anyone in any way. It just seems like, yeah, it's, it's funny to us. But uh, <laughs> it was just cool to kind of see how, how, how everything unfolded. Uh, one of the, I think this is my only pat on the back to us was that this is something that we created in our free time to give back to the game industry. And, you know, most people are like, aha, these guys are doing a stupid podcast, but I'm not going to lie. Even though we were piggybacking off of a much, 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 much bigger story, it still made me feel yeah, happy yeah, to no, see. We're so bad. <laughs> we're, we're like community <laughs> journalists, right? And we like, and we did kind of just pause when that was mentioned, it's like, oh, they're still buying up stu- studios? It's like, I've never heard of this. And it's like, yeah, it's just, oh, okay, I guess it's true. I guess I missed it. All right, moving on to the next. <laughs> We're so bad at it. And it took like some tweet, some this this guy just listened through it, just anything Valve or related or anything. So I don't know. If anything, headlines and keywords do count, like Twitter. SEO. And- yeah, I I know nothing about Reddit, but like, it just seems like that's the audience that you really want to capture. Who makes the biggest noise? As far as if you don't know anything about marketing, it seems at least for like the our episodes, like there's a few times uh, that this has happened, but not to that degree. But it always has started within a Reddit forum where people just start talking, and I guess. Journalist just hangs out on Reddit forums, man. It's I'm telling you, dude. They piggyback the shit out of each other. Just seeing how they how that happened in the last week was funny. A lot of news you hear, like it starts it starts on Reddit first. You know, it's like Reddit first, then hits Twitter, then you know, then yeah. it just goes from there. I mean, do you guys are you guys regular Reddit user? I, like, explain if you guys can explain it better. <laughs> than me then uh, go for it no i'm i'm totally not a regular reddit user at all yeah. but it, it like the only thing i know about it, it, it like stories and articles get upvoted right like if enough people like mm-hmm. it yep. makes it to the top of the headlines it's kind of cool i wish they would yeah, get a lot of leaks through reddit and it's a dangerous place to be my wife just gets funny cat pictures and sends them to me that's about the best <laughs> idea with reddit <laughs> Well, I think Reddit thrives really well right now because it still has a great sense of community and advertising hasn't impregnated it the way that it has almost every other form of social communication. Yeah. So people feel, you know, I guess it's a it's a better communal form. That's why I think yeah. it's doing very, very well. Huge, huge uh, patronage came from Reddit. So thank you, whoever spawned that Reddit form for uh, getting the word out as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the one thing that is working for them that, to me, I, I, I get I instantly turn off is just the user interface. It's just a huge forum, very rudimentary, very archaic. And as an artist, I look at it as like, what is this shit? <laughs> I turn it off. So it's like, it's I'm not hardcore enough to understand the use is it, of it. Yeah, actually, that's really interesting because that's exactly how I feel about it, too. It's, it's yeah. super, super ugly. Interface is terrible. Yeah, but I know some people that that 
view that as a strong point yeah, as well. That's its strength. It's like like no clutter, just straight to the business, right? Um, but yeah, but it's I think it's ugly as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not attractive to me at all. It's like yeah. the armpit of the internet and what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's Damn, like, dude. Reddit's hey, man, been so good to that's, us. I know Reddit. Chain brought to you by Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's responsible by Reddit, by the way. I respect it and that's probably why I'm not good at it, you know? It's like I just instantly get turned off when I look at it. It's like, why are these guys just talking on a comment? It, it's the comment section of any good-looking blogs <laughs> it's like they just grip all the good looking stuff and it's just a huge comment box to me and i guess the loudest guys are on there and, and a lot of journalists just browse through for news right because mm-hmm. yeah that's how i saw it but uh yeah i mean that was cool that was a ride last week uh for our first leak larry and i decided we we were in the leak business now Ray <laughs> and richard any leaks would be uh would be better handled from now on. <laughs> well, Ray's here to announce Half Life Three, right? Yeah, <laughs> made in Unity. Hashtag, right? I mean, that's a that's a big thing in Valve. Actually, Valve is uh, moving to Unity. I mean, that's something that you guys... <laughs> no, dude, what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know where you heard this from. <laughs> All their latest VR, the lab was made with Unity. Their latest, yeah. Lab. Yeah, it was. And uh, I've heard, right, a, a possible leak story, all your Twitters, <laughs> stay alert, that uh, they're not in the, it doesn't seem like they're in the engine business anymore. Like, they're not really doing too much with Source. Why would they? Speculation. <laughs> all right, Ray. I've, I've, I've heard I've heard similar, similar rumors, but, like, Lord knows what's going on. Okay. I think we've had enough Valve leaks on Game Dev Unchained. I don't want. Yeah, I want the lawyers to be like, "Hey, hey, Game stop that!" Shut us down at any time now. All right, we'll move on. All right. So the biggest thing that happened the last two weeks uh, was the 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 announced trailer of Far Cry Five mm-hmm. and the reactions to it. Um, on both sides of the fence, right? I, I've seen good reactions and bad reactions, but the, of course, the bad reactions are made, making headlines. Like, what do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about that? game well i feel people are stupid so <laughs> whoa just don't hold for, back for, for hating <laughs> on it or for like yeah 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 for for hating on it for uh for being uncomfortable with it for for acting like politics are not in a lot of other video games and for mm-hmm. and the reason why that one in particular is probably troubling is because it's it, it hits close to home it's very familiar for people <laughs> so it immediately triggers some some very visceral reactions mm-hmm. um and i think people are completely overreacting in the first place because you don't know if ubisoft is really going to deliver the goods and really like deliver that story the way it should be delivered that that's still that's still or the way that i feel it should be delivered i guess mm-hmm. um so it's still to be determined like how how hard they come with it mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah uh do they go straight for the juggler or do they kind of kind of soft shoe around it and make it and make it not so controversial you know mm. what is the time period that they're going for with far cry 5 it seems recent yeah it looks like modern yeah. times yeah. Yeah. modern times okay i think it is yeah yeah i i do yeah. agree like the what was where was far cry 4 was it in south africa or 
I think it was India, Far Cry 4, right? Or something like a Bangladesh. It was, it was no, it was Nepal. Nepal, yes. Yeah. And, and, okay. then there was, and then there was Far Cry Primal, which was like, you know, yeah. like time time warp back to prehistoric times. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like Far Cry, like, you know, you guys know I used to work at Ubisoft Toronto and, and mm-hmm. Ubisoft Toronto is helping out on Far Cry 5 and Montreal is the lead team on that. And and there's a lot of new people working on it. I think and I think like I have high hopes for it. I know like the, those character trailers they came out with were amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's one, what was it? Uh, the father, Father Jerome, mm-hmm. was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was just dope. Like, like it's just nailing nailing the uh the, the theme pretty well and so we'll yeah. see we'll see if that actually translates into the game for real you know yeah. the marketing team must be loving all of this controversy oh yeah you know, they had to be oh, yeah. about that when they made all this they're like yeah you know everyone's going to get upset about this because it's based on you know a lot of the modern politics that's happening in the u.s and you know it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's hitting an open wound so you know, we're going to get all this free advertising and everyone's going to be talking about our game and it's, it's going to be fantastic for us. So, What's interesting yeah, since we're talking about this is also the fact that I was just excited enough for Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah. and all the percolation or all the excitement was percolating for that game. And then Far Cry 5 starts to subtly drop hints that they're also going Western, but then they come out with their video cinematic first. And then, you know, I think their game is actually going to launch first as well. So that's... That's one of the things that came out of left field for me as far as Far Cry 5 is concerned. I had no idea it was on the radar for being like a, a competitor for Red Dead 2. And then also coming out earlier sort, than Red sort Dead Sort of competitor. Like, I still feel yeah. like Red Dead no way, is man. definitely yeah. old Western type of, you know. Far Cry 5 is not going to be nothing like a Western. Like, like yeah. straight up. It's, it's in Montana. No, it, it, it is in the country in modern times, yes. But Red Dead Redemption is like a full-on like spaghetti western. Yeah, yeah. Crazy I understand western. that, but I'm yeah. telling you, those those two games are in the in a very similar vein, and they both cost sixty dollars, and they're both coming out within a couple of months of each other. Well, yeah, yeah. The same customer base, and it's pretty much similar yeah. gameplay yeah. mechanics. Yeah, I would I would say like the comparison is more like two big ass sixty dollar game open yeah. world games that that will take hours and hours of your time are going to be competing against each other that's how i compare them but the theme and the setting like they could be more opposite in my <laughs> eyes yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't get what i'm trying to say man yeah. <laughs> you city slickers <laughs> i don't care what time period it is it's seeing your city. opinions are wrong uh, like Far Cry is very, I feel like that that team or the, at least what they're doing with that IP, they've been nailing it with every single one. Like yeah. at least for since even from the very beginning with Far Cry originally mm-hmm. from Crytek, like Vietnam or something, right? Yeah, well, they were playing around with that, and then from then on, uh, at some point Ubisoft took over uh, Far Cry Three. Or is it with Far Cry Two that they took over? Far Cry Two is was Ubisoft. I think, yeah, I think ever since Ubisoft has taken over the Far Cry license, they've just been yeah. delivering yeah. On, on on every single installment. And and this one to me just feels like another fun open world. And mm-hmm. I some people are complaining about it, it's hitting too close to home, but I I kind of love the idea that I'm playing on American soil and having the opportunity to check out this. A piece yeah. of history, modern history, or something. I, I actually am looking forward to it, and it's, it is to me at least ridiculous that people are 
petitioning to tell the the Ubisoft to stop making the game. It's like, what? Who are you? You're gonna buy it, dude. You, you know the, time? the change the change that org uh, link that went around yeah. was hilarious. It was, so it was a good I reading. Couldn't, I couldn't yeah. stop laughing. <laughs> you know that guy who who spent the time. Who didn't spell check on some of the stuff because I read it. it was like really, he just typed in rage and didn't even bother spell check. He's gonna be the first guy buying it. It's like the number one customer. <laughs> Those guys always buy it first. So I don't know. I mean, it is great publicity. I, I, it's, I even it's, think it's obviously it's obviously anti-Christian propaganda. Oh yeah, yeah. Obvi- yeah. Obviously, right, obviously. right, right. Even though one of the good guys is Pastor Pastor Jerome, but hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> this will be an interesting dynamic. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's always positive for for this type of reaction. Like I never see anything terrible with it. Um, so yeah, twenty eighteen. Looking forward to both of these games. So this one's coming out in twenty eighteen as well. Yes, they both got pushed back. Oh man. Yeah. Because, because that's what games games these days get pushed back, <laughs> especially open world games. Exactly. All right. Well, we're we're rounding the corner to E three. All right, listeners who are listening now, we're about like a week away. So, a couple of days. A couple of days. Yeah. I know what Ray is excited about. Right. Which is Unity all the time, but Richard <laughs> is also going to be there. I mean, what besides your own project, of course? Like, is there anything about this E3 that excites you the most? Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to some Borderlands. I want to see some. Uh, I'm hoping they could count the three. You know, <laughs> Borderlands. I I know that they they, they release a. They seem like really early, actually, since GDC. GDC, they were just showing upgrades to their tech, basically. Their, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know. I mean, it could be a, a reveal trailer or something that, that comes out. I mean, it is E3, but, you know, I'm just holding out hope. I mean, realistically speaking, I, I mean, seeing some more Red Dead is always going to be, you know, icing on the cake. And then mm-hmm. whatever they're doing with God of War, I'm really looking forward to that. And The Last of Us 2. Oh, my God. I can't wait yeah. to see that. Because you know yeah. those are going to be there. But I'm yeah. just really holding out for, our, for Borderlands 3 because I don't know if it's going to be there. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my big question to you, though, is are you going to check out Destiny 2? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, all right. So I, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it as a fan instead of a developer. That's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. Actually, actually, uh, I was a big, like, you know, on this podcast, I think I was poo pooing it, like saying, oh, why are they making a, a two hey, and all no, this? No backtracking, Ray. And, no, no. And I saw, <laughs> no, and I saw the, uh, I saw the reveal finally. And I'm like, I'm still kind of like, why are they making a two? But the reveal, but the reveal looked dope. Good, good. So that's about as big a compliment you get out of race. So, congrats, <laughs> <laughs> Destiny yeah. team. Yeah. No, and uh, what I'm looking forward to is like I hope uh, to hear something from Platinum Platinum Games. Like after yeah. after uh, Scalebound getting canceled, so I want to I want to know what Camille is doing next. That's kind of mm-hmm. like for me, like nothing else matters. Like all these, all this other stuff is just the same old, same old, you know, yeah. uh, what, what platinum games does is going to be something different for sure. So platinum well, games, right. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to like wrap my head around platinum games. So they're, they're known for their very unique takes and on very different genres. I mean, well, games, so, 
they're really good with the gameplay, like a Bayonetta, right? Yeah, uh, Vanquish. Well, there's their special their specialty is action action games, right? right? Like that's what they do. They do action games, and, and like yeah, Bayonetta is is quite frankly the gold standard for hack and slash action games, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and there's Vanquish and Near. and also like Near. 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 Yeah, yeah. It was like kind of like their their B team did did near, um, and like and also their pedig- their pedigree is all ex Capcom, right? So and you know, Beautiful Joe, Okami, uh, Resident Evil, uh, Devil May Cry, like like, like 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 that the, yeah, that's their pred- pedigree. Like they got that stuff on lock. So uh, I'm just I'm interested to see what they come come with next. Yeah, like they confuse me sometimes. They come up with those like nice. Uh, take on action games and then they do like a lot of uh, licensed IP games like Legend of Korra I mean is yeah. that just to get the, the money Th- for that's, one? That, that, that's how you keep the lights on what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean they definitely have an A team and a B team to, in my opinion well, like, like I think they have three teams right, right and three and, teams. Uh, and and so you know and yeah it's kind of uneven some of the games they do are like you could tell it's done by somebody yeah, like a different team it and it's, there, yeah. yeah like legend of Korra wasn't very wasn't very good but but uh but transformers which seemed very much based off of the same tech right as, as uh, legend of Korra, i enjoy that game like a whole lot yeah. right yeah i mean they try um, to as and, much as yeah. they can have fun with the license yeah yeah, yeah, and that Transformers game like I kind of got hated on it. There's definitely a lot of things they hate on it about, but like there's some there's some really good, good, good fighting in that game. Yeah, it's Gotta always it like when I see Platinum Games, you have Vanquish, you have Bayonetta, and, all this, and then suddenly you're looking at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're selling well, right? They're selling well on their their own yeah. the, on the good games, right? For for well, a yeah. Japanese game company. Yeah, well, I think the big ones that sold well for them, of course, was Bayonetta. You know, Vanquish sold well for them, probably. Near Near well, has been doing well, right? Yeah, Near Near seems to be doing well. Yeah. Yeah, the Bayonetta just came out on PC, right? Isn't that it? It did, and Vanquish, and Vanquish, Vanquish, also. Vanquish, too, yeah. Vanquish is on PC. I was just playing that like a couple of days ago, uh, and it's it's, Man, it's so good. If Vanquish is not in your life, you need to correct that. The game yeah. is really good. I love Vanquish. Yeah. Well, and Vanquish is like also obviously like they were like, look, we see we see you Gears of War, we see you Western cover base shooter, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're just going to show you how to do this like for real. Yeah, and right. then like, 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 yeah, limited. Yeah. It's expensive. It was uh, fifteen thousand tickets for public. Fifteen like tickets. Fifteen. So, how do you guys feel about that change? Do you feel like that's a good move? Is it too that's, crowded? It that's that's crowded how necessary. That's how it used to be, man. Like it used to be open to the public. Uh, like when it was actually like super fun to go is when it was actually open to the public. Back in Atlanta. Yeah, you could even go back that far, but even in LA, it was open to the public. Like, uh, in, like nineteen, I'm gonna go way back. 
like 1998, 99, oh, you know, it was still, it was still open to the public, right? Larry and I was um, five years old at that time. You guys, you guys are still drinking, you guys are still drinking Similac at that time. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you, you, you guys been to build, so you, you're saying with the public, it was more fun. Yeah. Like for me, like when I, I, my best E3, my favorite E3 was when the Dreamcast launched. Mm-hmm. And I was able, all I did was I, I went to E3, I went to the Sega booth and I just hung out there the whole day and played Dreamcast games. <laughs> right. <laughs> seriously. I, I, I seriously did this. Right. And like, and like nowadays that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't do that anymore. Everything's behind closed doors, guided tours. Oh, we're only going to show you a trailer or we're only going to, you know, mm-hmm. carefully, mm-hmm. carefully, you know, there's very few actual demos. So, yeah. so you're saying with I'll the say this being open to yeah. the public, they're gonna share more with that. So it's not. I, yeah, I don't know what the yeah, I don't know what the format's gonna be. Probably not. Okay. But uh, but I, I think the Coliseum. Have you guys heard about that? No. What is no. it? It's a. Uh, it's like a special area off to the side, specifically for the the consumers to go in, and it's going to be a lot of the hands-on demos and okay. a lot of the art behind closed doors are kind of bringing out and showing inside the Coliseum. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, when I think of E3, if they're just going to look at it as an opportunity to have other game developers look at other game developers, that's not going to help your bottom line all that much. You know what I mean? Sorry. It's I'll just, I'll finish it up in two seconds. So I think opening it up to the public just needed to be a thing. If they're so worried about keeping things separate, there's always separate days, you know, but letting the public who's your end user, come and actually see stuff ahead of time, get excited and start saving their money or better yet, investing in those pre-orders that everyone was so excited about in the late nineties. I think that, you know, letting the public in was something that they never should have stopped doing. Mm-hmm. But, and like, and, you know, E3 kind of slowly morphed. It's not even really for the game developers. It's more for, it's for marketing, right? It's, yeah, the buyers. it's marketing team, it's press, it's, you know, all of that. Yeah. It's for the Walmart buyers. That's really yeah. where it's been. Yeah. Yeah. 10, 15 years. Yeah. It's um, you know, it, the, the nice thing about the the consumer thing is it's going to revitalize it. You know, when you get all that extra blood in there, and and you know, you've got in the age of like streamers and and all those folks doing heavy lifting on a lot of marketing for games now, having them get the hands on and talk yeah. about the games on their streams and stuff like that. It's it's what made PAX so big, and mm-hmm. and they're finally catching on with the E3 thing. Seriously, they have a captive audience. If I was there, if I was Capcom or any of these companies with games, I'd be taking pre-orders on site. Like you see all these big standees. You see these guys over here in the costumes. $5 right now pre-order, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ethan went through a weird roller coaster. So they got super big. And then like Sony, Microsoft at some point, those big guys like, ah, we're not going to participate anymore. And there was like this these at least two years of lull yeah. where E3 was kind of crapping out. And then in recent years, suddenly it's climbing back on and either through negotiations with the publisher and not like charging an arm and a leg and now letting the consumers in there too. Now they're trying to like, I, I mean, they're copying the format around the world now. Like what is it? Gamescom or like other yeah. ones that allow public packs. Yeah. Packs. To to uh, to come in and participate, and not just game developers or people involved in the game industry. So I think it is a positive move um, to remind what E3 is about, anyways, uh, the consumers. So 
um, hopefully that generates a lot more excitement and more um, exclusive news because uh, like E3 was supposed to be like that. And like Richard said, well, Ray, shake your head. It's, it's, it's over. It's a wrap. It's yeah. A wrap. It's a wrap for that. Yeah. 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 Like it's not that anymore in, in the days yeah. of streaming and direct access to news. And like and to the point, even to the point, even where publishers are now like, oh, we're going to do our E3 event three days before E3, right? Like to, to, to kind of get ahead of the news, right? right. Just so they don't get buried under the avalanche of new games and information. Right? Yeah, there's so much noise around E3. You've got, you know, the World War II announced a lot earlier. You've got Destiny 2 doing their own private event. Exactly. Like E3 is just, just so much rapid fire information coming online. It's easy to get lost in the fray. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, it's kind of good that it's more like this huge arcade event. <laughs> <laughs> for games that haven't gone out, which is, I think, in itself is pretty exciting. It's like, go play the gear, uh, the games for next year for three days and just hang out. So, Or in some cases, the game from E3 after E3. Yeah. <laughs> I think Batman was like a double E3 before it came out. Yeah, exactly. It was like two years in the running. I think God of War this year is going to be that way because it was in last year's E3 right. as well. Yeah, was it playable last year? Like a, a demo and everything? I know. I think they just had a trailer. Just the video, right? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the moment we realized that God of War is like infused with Last of Us kind of gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as far as systems go, it seems like Microsoft is the only one that has one left. And it's <laughs> everyone already. Blew blew its load on what systems they have. Like <laughs> so there's the switches out, PS4 Pro, uh, even the what Xbox, um, what was Slim, it? Slim, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now they got the only Xbox ones. Xbox One S, One yeah. S, which yeah. I don't even understand why they even came up with that, but there it is. And then now Scorpio, which is the mega ton. Of consoles, uh, and they they don't want to call it number two um, because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. So, what do you guys feel about that? I mean, is it going to be anything? We kind of mentioned this before, but it's definitely news that's going to come up about it. I mean, it's the last one left. Oh, how do you guys feel about the new system at this point? Has anything changed? Is it just an additional thing? Well, it's more power, right? I mean, you get. You get this 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 system that you can have on your TV at home that can do way more. It's like almost as powerful as a PC, right? Mm-hmm. And then now when they release, you know, whatever VR headset that they, you know, that Acer headset that they announced, you know, when they start coming out with this kind of stuff, it's it's you're going to get a lot of better performance for a lot of the mm-hmm. future peripherals and stuff. Yeah, yeah they're, they're trying to put a lot more legs on this, I guess, in the early stage. Oh, go ahead, Ray. I'll let you jump in. No, I was just going to say, yeah, like, you know, that's how they're, that's how they're trying to, they're kind of marketing it that way, that it's like, yeah, it's going to be so powerful. It's the world's most powerful console. And, uh, and like, yeah, like, I think that still remains to be seen, like what, what actually, like what actually do the buyers get Mm -hmm. when they actually buy one. Right. And I have no idea what, 
what Microsoft could actually show uh, to really be like, hey, here's a justification for your 600 to $800 purchase, right? Like, I don't know what the price is going to be, but I'm just like throwing out those two high ass numbers. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and like, and I, and I, for me, I, I only care about like, I'm like, which games are going to be rendering at 4K and running at uh, 60 hertz, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that would be a big deal if, if like every game comes out, it's like, yeah, 4k 60 Hertz, here we are. Right. But uh, I just don't believe that that will be true. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. The Forza demo looked good. I've seen yeah. a couple of videos. It's a car guys- game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting, getting, getting a car game, getting a car game to run 60 is, is, is a totally different story than getting Tomb Raider to run 60. Right. Yeah. Nonetheless, they got it. <laughs> Nonetheless, I need. I don't want to hear about this technology stuff and, and like what's possible and impossible. I just want to tell you that they did a great job of marketing the machine to me. Yes, yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's. I was actually excited about the developments that I was seeing from Scorpio. Yeah. Um, but what I don't like is kind of the, the console market kind of acknowledging that like the shift towards PC design is here, you know? So it's like, well, I, I don't know if I like that. Like as much as I like the idea of a Scorpio and how cool that individual box is, what I don't like is now knowing that as a consumer, I'm not going to get my eight years worth of $500 anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the tough yeah. one. It's, it's like having a cell phone, though. Like, you know, the new version of the cell phone comes out every year. You can still run the same apps on it. It's just in three years, your apps are going to start running like shit, you know? So it's, you know, you go for the new phone. I think consoles are going that same direction. But is it yeah. still, it, I still feel weird, even though I'm spending less on a console. Maybe because I'm just paying my phone in segments. <laughs> I'm not like Ray over here who pays two <laughs> phones and then and, and just be okay with it. But like with a console, it's still, even though it's less, it just feels more expensive uh, than me upgrading with my phone every every two years. I feel like I need to spend at least five years with my console before I can retire it. And yeah. I, I, otherwise, consumer- it just feels like like PC. Like, why wouldn't I just spend that money on PC and, and just save up? Yeah. Yep. So, well, you, yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of arguments there, right? People are like, "Well, you can't play your PC in front of your TV." Well, like you could build one. Yes, you could build one where you could do that. You yeah, do that. you could totally it's do that. Steam Link. You know, you just get that and you play it on YouTube. Yeah. I've got it. Works cool. Yeah. yeah so my <laughs> question is, I mean, is the Scorpio just really marketed to people who haven't bought an Xbox yet? I mean, is that really it? No, like that's like Xbox One S is for those people, mm-hmm. right? Like like Scorpios for like enthusiasts, like yeah. you know. You want, you want. the old one, right? I mean, yeah. like the PS Pro, it's, you know, that's it. when you buy a PlayStation 4 now, you're getting the Pro. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to get the old school PS4. And then probably in a year or two, they'll discontinue it. And then the new version will be out. And... Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I wonder <laughs> Once if we had the news the drop test, of the Scorpio. Though. I'm sorry. Once we had the news drop of the Scorpio, though, there was... Uh, other news that oh like people are kicking around dates for a ps5 right just adding to the calamity of what's the console marketing market is turned into now like so ray ray shaking his head audience <laughs> i'd like to go to ray <laughs> well it's, it's too a, soon man like it's, it, it's, it's, it's terrible it's 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 not and there's no there's no there's no reason 
there's no sense there's no sense or reason to that rumor at all right like uh, yeah no. like ps4 pro is still is still out here like trying to push units right so and and on, on top of it sony sony kind of has the the crown in number of units sold so far yeah so why They're gonna have the biggest user base so why are they even trying to come out with a new thing so soon right <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. They just released the VR headset last year around this oh, last year yeah. for Christmas, right? So they're probably right. focused on getting that thing all all ramped up, right? And also, like we're developers, right? We would have we would have heard some rumblings by now. How about a PS Five, mm. yeah, a couple yeah. A couple of people would have gotten their dev kits, yeah, yeah. Good point. Are you on breaking news? PS Six yeah, I think it's fun. Uh, Ray, are you playing on the PS4 Pro? Yeah, yeah, actually, I do have that's a PS. I do have a PS4 Pro. Um, I got it Christmas, I think. Yeah. So that's your first PS4, basically, right? No, no, I had a PS4 before. That. Oh, the, what is this guy talking about? This guy, <laughs> <laughs> you see that? This guy is like the guy. I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't say that I would buy one. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you're the prime wait. example why they're doing this. You're no, I went, dry, right? No, and when Scorpio, Scorpio no, when Scorpio drops, I got a 4K TV, right? So when, when Scorpio, <laughs> when Scorpio guy, drops, he sits there the whole time saying, "This is ridiculous. No one should buy into this," and he's he's Put got all of them. Too. He's got nah, 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 nah. I didn't. I didn't say you should buy into it right but like i mean the whole the whole uh promise of like 4k gaming at 60 frames and all this kind of stuff with yeah. my experience with the ps4 pro uh, i'm telling you don't drink don't drink that kool-aid too too soon you know what i'm saying like wait wait till you see something all right. uh, yeah because you, you said it before even like high-end pc rigs are having trouble chugging yeah like a high-end pc rig can barely do 4k at 60. Right, so so all of a sudden now a six a six teraflop GPU is all of a sudden going to be able to do it? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, so. well, you don't have the you don't have an OS. Yeah, yeah, but you know on P, on Windows now they have game mode. They have game mode yeah, now. I'm right? just teasing, yeah, I know you're teasing, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing we can talk about is the, uh, you know, just how the impact of game industry is and in just overall in the entertainment industry. You know, Castlevania, Netflix. Yep. Where the hell did that come from? Like all of a sudden, uh, The Witcher. The Witcher is another Netflix deal that's happening. Like these two licenses out of nowhere are, are suddenly becoming Netflix. I mean, either Netflix has like five years of data saying like, "Hey, man, game IP is is going to finally become a thing," even though they've been flopping crazy. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Assassin's Creed was the last big thing that I thought was going to be good, but uh, it didn't do well. <laughs> Like surprisingly, uh, not well. Even not surprisingly, it didn't do well. Like even with Fastbender, yeah. a, a notable actor behind the whole thing, it didn't work out. The whole uh, I don't know about Castlevania, like why how that ended up uh, getting a Netflix thing, but like Witcher is is a huge deal, like in in, in Poland, right? And right. Just, like there's there's books. It's it's based off of a book how the game started, right? Uh-huh. So there's a whole. There's there's a whole like book series and it's it's a big deal. Like I think President President Obama visited and they gave him a copy of The Witcher like like as a present. Yeah. Like like I mean like yeah, it's a big out of that yeah. It's a big deal, right? So like it getting a a, a Netflix special is like not even that surprising mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
like 20 years ago at the comic book industry and people were saying, you know, we need to make comic book movies and they were all flopping at the time and right. no one did it right back then. And then, you know, Fox comes with the original X-Men movie and shows us how it's done. And then Marvel comes with the Iron Man movie and it's like, holy shit. Okay. Well now there's a format for it. So I think games are the same way. I mean, once, once you get a good show or a good movie with a, a game IP, then it's going to start explaining how you do that and mm-hmm. they'll get yeah. a template down. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let me ask you this, Richard. You're the closest one to 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 that <laughs> entertainment industry. Like, oh, what what's what what's the main issue now? Like, what what has been the main issue with game IP? Chance is it just bad directors, bad storytelling, bad pacing? Well, you're right. So you remember with comic books, they went back and it's like once they started sticking to the actual story and being true to what the comic book was and and capturing the essence of it, and then putting that into film like that's what made that that work i think games need that same treatment i don't think it's really all that different Mm. i just think that a lot of the um the writers and directors don't fully understand the ip and what they're writing and they make some changes to fit you know typical storylines or how movies work or whatever and they're they're kind of missing the point of the actual of the actual game Mm -hmm. i don't know i could be crazy no that's i think I mean, there's there's soulless. <laughs> I mean, what what made gamers fall in love with the story and stuff is missing from from the movie. Yeah, it's it's tough too because a lot of the stories are like the like you know me and my buddy went you know playing this game the other night and it was awesome. We had these great moments and how do you capture that in a film? But I mean, there's got to be a way to to come up with that spirit, that that essence, and bring it into a narrative. Yeah, like the world. The World of Warcraft movie is not out yet, right? No, it this is. Movie. The Warcraft no, it's, it, it like came out on DVD. Oh, that came out? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, there you oh, go. Man, Dude, man I didn't even it know takes, or It takes over here. But in China, it, like, it was it's crazy. like the number one movie. Yeah, it yeah. made a lot of money in China. So wow. it made its its millions in China instead of here. So that like the shift to China has been very interesting the last few years. Like a lot that market is like, booming over there. Yeah, man. Matt, da- Matt Damon saving it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon saving China? Yeah, man. There's, His there's last like movie. Wall or something. The Great Wall or something. And Matt Damon is the hero of China. Yeah. Shade. Shade. I'm throwing shade. I'm throwing yeah. shade. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> it, it's made by a well-known Chinese, well-respected director who even directed mm-hmm. the... Uh, Beijing Olympics, like he did the whole opening act. Like uh, he's a hero over there. So it was, it it is partly because of marketing too. Because I haven't seen the movie, but of course, when a U.S. trailer comes out for that movie, you know Matt Damon's front and center. Yeah, but but it, it's because like there was actually some special I was watching about like that whole like the whole uh, Chinese uh, film industry yeah. and how they they really want to be. They want to take on Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, they actually are pushing hard for you know, big budget, you know, Western actors and in, in Chinese made films, right? And so, like the, that that Matt Damon movie there was like one of those movies in that mix. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's the same reverse where a lot of the U.S. movies now have a scene in Hong Kong for some reason. <laughs> it, it's to kind of include that market, but I think. The upset is that I, I feel like with the Matt Damon movie, they did it respectfully, right? They included an American actor 
but they gave them a pretty good part, right? Not just like a, a, a scene where they just jump in and like, hey, I'm Matt Damon. Come on. And then he's out. No, he actually had a like an important role in the movie. Not the, the central role, but a big role. But I it, it was just in the time of American cinema where Asian American actors aren't getting enough screen time. And it's like, oh, my God. I was watching Doctor Strange. Because it's on Netflix now. What's up, Netflix? Sponsor us. We're looking for you. <laughs> Talking about you for like 15 minutes. But Doctor Strange is another thing that came up when it came out. I, I avoided that movie for the longest well, time because the ancient one is Tilda Swinton. Sweeten or Swinton. Yeah. Right? And mm. even her uh, performance wasn't very monk-like uh, in any regards. But that was like a total <laughs> missed opportunity for Asian American actors to be in. Ah, that's one of those politically correct, but it's true, man. We're we're, we're struggling over here. There's a role. Wait, have you seen Iron Fist? Yeah. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, get Kelly on Fat in there. Yeah, Jackie Chan, Jet Li. Oh <laughs> my god! But going back to what we were talking about, yes, I think part of the reason why the comic book movies didn't do well is the same reason why, like you said, Richard, the the. The game IPs aren't doing well. It's just, it's still viewed in large part that uh, games are kind of for children. So they don't really respect the IP as much. And I guess they're starting to. Even the Spider-Man is playing young uh, Drake for the Uncharted movie. You guys saw that? Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a prequel to the game series or like before he was an adult or like kind of in his early formative years right. so they're, they're taking a different approach to the story i don't know might work might not we'll have yeah. to see we still need one good game movie and i don't i can't think of any that has come out yet or is coming out um, oh they're redoing Tomb Raider. oh yeah they are doing redoing tim raider but yeah. we've had big actors before i don't know it's gonna take at least another five years in my opinion uh Based on no facts, it's just oh, oh, Street Fighter, the Street Fighter movie that was dope. <laughs> oh, the anime was good. Oh, which, well, which one of those movies should I be upset at you for? Great, <laughs> change your channel. Yeah, I mean, Ghost in the Shell was another movie. Well, I mean, it's not a game license. No, that's close enough. But it, it's, it's the same type of not respecting enough of the original. They could have taken the anime. And did it scene by scene, and people would have loved it yeah. more, at least. All right, let me ask the real elephant question in the room, Brandon. This is directed towards you, obviously. <laughs> the excuse that oh, it's because of marketing. It's because you know we know that if this person is the actor, they're going to bring in you know forty million dollars in revenue, whereas we're not sure or familiar that another person can do that. You know what I mean? It's star power. It's not racism. Right. What's, well, what's your take on behalf of the Asian? No, this is my take <laughs> because this this kind of happened in consecutive order, and we're kind of going off, but it's relevant, sort of, right? Um, so, like, it was Doctor Strange, right? Mm-hmm. It was a hard year for the Asians in America. <laughs> it was Doctor Strange, right, with the ancient one being a white woman from England, and then. Uh, uh, and then uh, what was it? What was the thing afterwards? Uh, Ghost in the Shell came out, uh, and they also used yeah. It was the same excuse. And then uh, Iron Fist, 
Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody here has seen Iron Fist, right? No, uh, I have. I have. All right. Yeah, I watched it. It sucked. Right. I haven't seen yeah. it, but it sucked. I saw the fight I've, scenes. But I, I know Iron Fist is supposed to be white guy, right? Yes, but this is this is uh, yeah. this is like you got to upgrade that shit. <laughs> <laughs> because it, all right, if you know the story behind Iron Fist, the casting, right? They they yeah. they were looking at an Asian American for the longest time, right? It was this uh, what was his name? Um, shit, I forgot his name. Sorry, guy. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. Yeah, sorry, dude. You see why? You see why? You see why he didn't get the part? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same exact reason why. But he was in the part for the longest time. Like they were loving him, and Netflix, if anything, were the people that would change shit up i mean they they master mm-hmm. of none is doing really well for for that same reason right so he was and he's a true martial artist right he knows how to fight he knows how to act and he's like a, a mix a hapa so he's half asian half white and then uh and for the last minute he got swapped by that guy from game of thrones and whatever right whatever the decision is um if the movie was great, then fine, whatever you guys, success to you. But the the series sucked. Yes. The, right? the, the, Is this yeah, correct? The, the, wow. Yeah, yeah the fighting, the, the fighting, the fighting scenes were garbage, garbage, right. trash. And you can tell yeah. if you guys are not into fighting scenes or fighting movies, yeah. listeners out there, you know the actors can't fight as soon as they do a million cuts. <laughs> as soon as they cut from all different angles. And it's like at a certain point, it's like, where are the cameras? Why am I looking up from his crotch <laughs> for this one stupid punch? You know the fighting court, and it's not a choreography. Even the choreographer came out because people were hating on the fighting, and it's like, dude, it was not, it wasn't me, man. It was <laughs> well, uh, the the choreography is kind of was kind of crappy too, right? Yeah, but, but 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 like, but also like just his ability to execute the moves was, was no, terrible. You can't, yeah. yeah, you can't fake certain things if your body. You actually, you actually, yeah, you actually just reminded me of something because I, you know, we're totally going off tangent, but uh, I, I saw like Into the Badlands uh, season two, and Into the Badlands, the fight scenes are are just absolutely bananas, over the top, amazing, yeah, amazing, and they have like a, they have an overweight English guy, and that dude, overweight English dude, looks better in Into the Badlands than uh, than Homeboy of Iron Fist, yeah, hands hands down, hands down. <laughs> you can't fake that stuff. This, this, yeah. this years of training, dude. And so, but I, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think overweight English guy was trained at all. But he just did a way better job. Yeah, just a way better job. Yeah. So, anyways, back to my point. <laughs> so we went through a bad year of how they keep trying to justify their decision, saying like, "Oh, clearly this guy was a better." No, he wasn't. Your movie sucked. <laughs> And so it, it it affects Asian Americans the most because we're pretty underrepresented here in America. You know, you're not you're not hearing the Chinese guy in China complaining about how Asian Asians over there are, are having a bad time. It's like no, we you know at least Asian male have like people they can look up to over there, and their their actors are playing heroic parts and uh, good parts. And I think anybody here, besides Richard, can empathize. 
<laughs> Wait, I'm not Asian. <laughs> Minorities being underrepresented, and I'm not. I'm not gonna turn this political. It's just like that's what we went through last year with the three series yeah. that could have been ours, and we could have done. Uh, I feel a better job at least. And, and but the same thing has been said forever about African American film in film as well. Yeah. And I and I think like there's been two movies recently that kind of disproved the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like one of them is like uh, Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's one of the most multiracial, diverse casts, and it just kills it, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of the box office. And then like Get Out just absolutely mm-hmm. just killed at the box office. So, like, With so, all like, kinds of awards. So, all these things about, oh, it can't sell, it can't be promoted, blah, 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 are, are just like, nah, man, you just have to, you just have to try and just deliver some good quality. Yeah. yeah you can't sell an inauthentic execution, is what it is. Yeah. 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 I, I was just watching Master of None. That's another one. So good this season. Yeah. Actually, Master of None is dope. I, I actually, I, it was funny. I had never watched it before. And on Friday, I just started watching it, and uh, I was done watching it by Saturday. Both seasons. <laughs> it was. I was like, "Oh, this is dope, right?" So, yep. Yeah, and that's like a whole mix of people. Yeah. You got the the gay African American woman. You got the Indian guy. Uh, you got the there was like a deaf eclectic tall white guy. Yeah, episode eclectic white tall guy. But but look, it was just a well executed show. Uh, and I think we're at an age where we're not really i think we can get past the stereotypes and just want a good story you know yeah and and just have fun with it i just feel like we're kind of being held back and this time back to everything we said before about all these game ip and stuff uh, i think once they just let loose of the idea of what a movie should be in hollywood um and what and how game ip should be treated and stuff it, i think the you know the the whatever they're dealing with, and and at least translating can can be better off yeah. if yeah. they just respect it, man. Um, yeah, like with everything you're saying, like a tie back into Far Cry. Like I, I have high hopes. I have high hopes that that Far Cry can actually deliver and be like, yo, I feel this like they can, man. They've been killing it the last more. few games, yeah. Yeah, gameplay is awesome. Look like a cartoonish version of of those people, though. Like you know, mm. they could easily just make it seem like an over the top yeah. religious crazy group, as opposed to like, well, what's their perspective? Like, why do they believe that? And like, start digging mm. into like a real thing there, and make them feel honest and authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as I have an AK, I can decide. <laughs> <laughs> It's like people get too serious. It's a game, man. Just relax. Just don't play it. Well, anyone who's going to E3 for the very first time, I'm talking to the students who listen to our podcast. Congratulations. I hope you enjoy yourself. E3 is a wonderful experience, especially if you're not black. Next. <laughs> you got to do a quick excerpt. Well, yeah, that's that's what, honestly like, that's the, I'm like, still that's salty, back so. in the archives of what happened to you. That's like episode like two from this. Yeah, quick, quick excerpt. Yeah, what happened? What happened? I'm curious. I, Tell us. I, my very my very first E3. I'm a game design student at the Art Institute of California, and you know how they like keep the doors closed. So everyone's like at the gate, ready to run in. They open the door, 
the very first booth in front of me was the Prima strategy guy. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go check out a strategy guy because I don't know about E3. I didn't want to look like, oh my God, everything. So I just went to one booth. You know, I'm trying to like ease into this shit, right? So I put my bag down on the ground and then on a desk in front of me, I pick up like a Dragon Quest five or some shit strategy guide and I'm looking through it. And then all of a sudden the security guard comes up and she's like, do you want to put that back? And I, I know she's not talking about the guide in my hands because why would you have all this on display if you didn't want people? So I was like, put what back? And she was like, the one that you put in your bag. And so I grabbed my bag. I just lifted it up. I turned it upside down and it only had like the stupid free edge and game informer magazines that you get in the hallway. And like three magazines hit the table. And then the guy who like was responsible for the booth, like he didn't step in while she was confronting. But once he realized she was wrong, he was like, oh, shit. Like you could see like in his one exhale, he knew that some shit just went down and he came over and he was like trying to talk to her. And she was like, he looks like the type that steals. And that was her response, right? (laughs) The kicker was she herself was an African-American woman. Yeah, there you go. It hurts the most. Super salty about that. That was. So I won't see you there then, huh? <laughs> no, I'm not. Just don't I wear a backpack this year. It looks suspicious. Larry, 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 always suspicious, man. When he's running, when he's like, that's <laughs> always suspicious. Never running, man. <laughs> well, that would make me sad, man. Run. I want some mocap of that. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, it, I guess that's for the lady story. who, yeah, yeah, we'll tell you after the podcast, but anyway. I'm not salty about anyone else who can go to E3. Enjoy yourself. Go see some games. If you're a pro dev, go see your friends from other companies you haven't seen in a while. Just have a great E3. And fanboys out there, keep it safe. Keep it safe. Word. Yeah, this is Brandon Fam. Uh, it's been great. Thank you, Richard, for joining us. Ray, welcome back. Uh, <laughs> see you guys you. next time. Good night, guys. Take it easy. Later. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.